the Bad Touch Podcast. I'm your host, Drew, with my co-host, Brian. Brian, I, I see you've got another uh, sparkling water this week. Yeah, I do, man. I call it the weekday wagon. So, you know, I've been hitting it hard on the weekends and just trying to get a little system reset. Nothing but salads, baked chicken. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> hey, I mean, and seltzer waters, man, during the week. Just trying to, you know, got to keep it tight. Yeah, hey, keep got, the mind right. So, got to got to get your body ready for a uh, big holiday weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. Don't don't worry. It's I'm gonna get after it this weekend. I fully expect it. Fourth of July is one of my favorite holidays. So, Fourth of um, July is just a drinking holiday. Yeah, the whole weekend is is awesome. Uh, so, it'll be uh, it'll be on. But uh, what about you, man? I've got a uh, Wise Acre Tiny Bomb uh, Brewery out of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, one of my favorite beers. Went ahead and picked up a 12 pack, so I'd have some for the weekend as well. Um, I'm not a big uh, midweek drinker. Um, every now and then, though, you know, you have a long day. We're close to the end of the quarter for uh, for my job, so definitely needed a beer after the uh, the long day that I've had. Um, but definitely would recommend the Wise Acre Brewery. All their beers are great. I think we've hit on it a couple times. Yeah, are they the ones? I think their IPA is the Nanda or whatever. Yeah, Nanda. Yeah. And then they've got like a coffee something that's they've like got pretty a popular. Coffee milk stout called uh, "Gotta Get Up to Get Down." That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that was actually the first like milk stout I ever had. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I mean, I just think that the tailgate peanut butter milk stout it's, it's is superior yeah. in every way. Um, before we get into some of our topics for today, I did uh, want to hit on some of the MLS news that happened over the weekend. Uh, for anybody that keeps up on Twitter, they probably already know this, but LAFC just had a monster weekend. Massive. Not only getting a 2-0 win against the Red Bulls, but then they re-signed Carlos Vela, added Gareth Bale from Wales, who is possibly one of the top five players in the world when healthy, and pretty young, right? Yeah, he's 32, which, I mean, in terms of, you know, it's probably on the higher end, as sad as that sounds, for me, especially for me to say, you know, of especially soccer, you know, they're, they're academy players, are getting run some teams when they're 16 years old at this point, right? Oh yeah. Um, but but he's you know still a ton of legs left in him, I think. And it's it's not. Don't confuse it with you know when like Wayne Rooney came or Terry Henry came in like their late 30s just to kind of like see what the MLS was like and and make a couple million bucks on the back end because they weren't really good enough for Premier League or whatever anymore. Right. Like, this is a guy that could definitely still play in Europe, and he chose to come to the MLS. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the difference in, like, the quality that you're going to get, and I think the the MLS was a totally different league when you're talking about Thierry Henry and David Beckham and Wayne Rooney coming. Like, they were, at their age, they were still superior to most of the talent that's there. I mean... Gareth Bale has been playing on Real Madrid for the last, I don't know, 10 years. I mean, like, he's been playing the highest level soccer, plus single-handedly carrying Wells for the last decade plus. I mean, that was a huge signing. And not only that, but they didn't even have to use a DP spot, which is a de designated player uh, where, where they actually have more money to allocate towards that spot. So, like, Connie Mukhtar, Walker Zimmerman are Nashville's designated players. So we can pay them more money than typical salaried players. Right, right. So they, they still have a chance to add somebody here in this transfer window. And, I mean, with Kalini, um, Cosvella, Gareth Bale, Christian Arango, who they brought in in the offseason last year, I mean, 
they're looking like a dangerous team that's only going to add possibly another weapon, I'd imagine, somewhere in the back or midfield or somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a typical case where the rich get richer, right, in, in ways because they've been at the top or near the top of our power rankings almost all year. And at MLS.com, or the, for the, they're at the league's power rankings, at the top of the league's power rankings, I should say. And uh, so they're already there, and then they add a fantastic piece in uh, Garrett Bale and then the clean, the support in back with cleaning. So, uh, man, they're going to be a force. I'm excited. I think they come uh, to Geodis and like July 17th or something like that. Which I think is perfect because I think Super excited. the players will be allowed to start playing July 8th. It's July 9th. I think. Yeah, yes. but yeah, but yeah. It's like so, when, the, when the transfer, the secondary window opens and the like first window closes, I think it is. I think that'll be really, honestly, it's going to be a good thing for us because they won't have found their rhythm yet. Yeah. You know, it's like, I do not want to see them late in the season where they've had, you know, 10, 12 games to get their act together. Like, at least we're going to catch them kind of early on in like the, the mesh. I mean, they still could beat the shit out of us. Who knows? Right. Um, yeah, you know, though, too, it could be a classic kind of case of too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, that's that's the one kind of caveat I'll, I'll give with all those signings is I think that they're making their team fantastic. However, it's like, okay, Gareth Bale comes in. Is Vela going to take a back seat? Is Arango going to take a back? Like, there's only so many goals to go around. I mean, they're not... Maybe they'll beat teams five 0 and everyone's gonna be happy. I don't know, but but it's not like FIFA where you you know build this incredible team, right? And you just beat the shit out of everybody. There's egos involved here. Yeah. So I'll be curious. That's the one thing I'd watch for is you know kind of too many cooks in the kitchen, and you know is there gonna be some selfishness? Because it's still a team sport. There's eleven guys up there, right? Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a ton of individual talent on that team. It's just a matter of how do they mesh, you know? Uh, so only time will tell on that, but. Did want to hit on a little bit of Nashville stuff. We've got an Open Cup match coming up on Wednesday. Today's Tuesday, so tomorrow night. Uh, playing at Orlando uh, for a spot in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup. The winner of this game is going to have home field advantage throughout the rest of the tournament. So if Nashville can pull out a win tomorrow, then we would get a chance to play New York Red Bulls at home for a spot in the final and to host a final. Yeah, that's huge. I think that we've always been curious what teams were trying hard and what you know what which ones weren't uh, throughout this U.S. Open Cup, uh, and and you know what lineups we're putting out there. I think now that you're in the semifinals with a chance, you know, especially for Nashville to host, it's you know, and I think Nashville's kind of been one of the teams that's quote unquote going for it because they're newer in the MLS and I think they're trying to keep their fan base involved. Uh, but now I really think uh, both teams are going to put solid lineups out there. I do think Orlando has a slight advantage being at home already uh, for the Nashville game. And also that they don't play on the weekend. Their next game is Monday because of the July 4th holiday. So that's an extra day of rest. So I think that they can put out their A-plus lineup and not really worry how it's going to affect their MLS regular season games. Uh, and Nashville plays Sunday at, Port like, you know, at home against Portland. I just, you know, I, I worry a little bit about the lineup they're going to put out there. Yeah, I'm worried about the, I'm more worried about the Portland game than I am. That's the one we're going to be going to on the third. Um, I think at this point in the tournament, you throw out your, your best of the best. Right. Like, if you're a new franchise that is coming in, you want to fill up that trophy room as fast as possible. It doesn't matter if it's a, 
supporter shield or you know the the MLS Cup or the U.S. Open Cup or a CONCACAF Cup. You know, you want to have some kind of trophy in the trophy case just to get that fan base engaged. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just another news article you write, man, right? Like, anything to spark uh, engagement and interest from from your supporters, uh, especially for, for a new team, is huge. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, let's, let's talk about a little bit. We're halfway through the year, or Nashville is halfway through – their schedule. They've played a couple more games than some teams. Uh, but want to talk a little bit about the MLS standings, just kind of where we're at right now, halfway point. Anything that's really stuck out to you as, wow, this team has overperformed, underperformed, maybe they're right where you thought they were. Yeah, so I just I wrote down a couple notes, man, go through them super quick, not to belabor any points, but you know, specifically in the East, uh, got a few bullet points. Uh, I think number one, Atlanta's still out of the playoff picture. Uh, and they had just had another injury this past weekend. I think they're struggling. I, I mean, they're still a pretty talented team, but um, I really I think that uh, it's it's going to be a crucial couple weeks for them. And they've got a tough stretch. They've got to play Red Bull on Thursday this week, regular season game. Yeah. And then NYCFC this weekend. Uh, it's really going to be telling because, like I said, they're already out of the playoff picture. So we'll see what happens there. My next point was. Miami's making a little run. Miami was dog shit early in the year for the first three handful, you know, three, four games or whatever. Uh, but they're almost, I think they're eighth right now. So they're very much in the mix. Yeah. And Campana's come on. They're, yeah, dude, they're sneaky playing teams tough. And I don't know if it's kind of energized with Messi buying in and if he's anything to do with that at all or whatever, right? It's like Jordan buying the Bobcats or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it may or may not matter, but I think Miami's coming in. Um, and then I think the two third point, two teams that are kind of sliding. I think Columbus had a hot start to the year. I think that they're sliding. They're not, they're not playing very well. They're out of playoff picture. And Orlando was second in the Eastern table, you know, three, four, five, six, seven weeks into the year. And now we sit here, what is it, week 14-ish, week, I think? I think it's 13. I get kind of make, no, I think we're week like 16. Is or it what it is? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and they're Orlando's now like fighting in the playoff spot picture. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about the East is Toronto. Again, we dog them almost every pod and they're unbeaten in their last six games. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit on a couple of the ones that I had as well. I thought that Cincinnati and Orlando being in a playoff spot right now in the East is huge for them. Um, you know, these were Cincinnati has been the worst team in the league the last two years and they're, they're getting like, they're winning games where it's like 3-1. They're tying games 1-1 against good teams. Like they're they're finding ways to get points where an old Cincinnati team, I mean, we used to laugh about it because it was like if Nashville scored one goal on Cincinnati, we were going to score three goals on them. And so that's like the the biggest shock is Cincinnati being in that playoff spot. Also Orlando, you kind of hit on it, you know, them being number two in the East for a while and then turned around and were – you know, they, they kind of slid a little bit, but then they've been starting to get some results as well. So they're still in it. Um, and then I also thought that Charlotte being competitive was kind of a shock to me. Uh, you know, their coach, who is now fired, um, he came out the first of the year and basically said that they didn't have enough talent to compete. And they've come out. I mean, they're, they're kind of in the middle of the pack. Obviously, it would take like a, a hell of a performance down the stretch for them to make the playoffs. But they're not as dog shit as like Cincinnati was in their first couple of years. So... I mean, I thought that was that was a shock. The West, 
really didn't surprise me all that much. Uh, it's kind of your typical suspects. Obviously, Seattle kind of started in the back and started climbing their way up. They're a good team. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the MLS, so not very surprising. I think Houston was the one that it was like they've kind of been up and down all year. Maybe this uh, Hector Herrera coming in, maybe that gives them a spark. Maybe they can make a little jump. Um, be, be interesting to see how it comes down, uh, you know, in these last couple of weeks before uh, before playoff picture. Yeah, no, I think it's it's going to be super interesting. I mean, the couple notes I had is like obviously LAFC is dominant. Um, they're leading both Eastern and Western Conference in points. I think they got 33. The one shocker to me, <clears throat> because we've talked a little bit poorly about them in the past, although we, I think we've given them their due uh, recently, <clears throat> is RSL is second in the West, and they have 29 points. Philly's leading the East with 29 points. So RSL is sneaky, you know, they're putting up some results and being a really good team. They're tough to beat at home. Too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a tough place to play, as, as Nashville found out earlier this year. Uh, and then, the, t- to your point, Seattle climbing, I think we've talked about it before, that I think they're really focused on the CONCACAF Champions League early, and now they're just back to Seattle doing what Seattle does. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is, you know, two teams that, that showed a lot of promise last year, Colorado and Portland are both out of the playoff picture. Uh, I expect one of them to be in the playoffs by the end of the year. I don't know which one it's going to be. But, you know, if you look at the points, are they too far behind? You know, they're going to have to get string some, like, wins, not just draws, like some results and three-point wins together um, to get back to get, in the playoffs. They're going to have to get a couple points where people aren't expecting them to get That's right. points. That's, That's right. going to be the biggest difference. It's like you need to win the games that you're supposed to win and then steal a point at home against you know on the road or whatever against Philly. You know, those kinds of games where it's like you've got to start getting some results if you're going to start clawing back into it. Um, funny you say that about RSL, though, because I didn't even talk to you about the power rankings this week, but I put RSL in at number five. Um, I just think, obviously, they're second right now in their conference. So, I mean, how can you disrespect RSL anymore? Uh, I still don't think they're a great team, um, but they've been getting results right now. Uh, number four, NYCFC. Tough beat against Philly uh, last week. Just like lost on a deflected goal. Uh, potentially could have had a handball in like stoppage time. So tough beat. Move them to four. Philly at three. Seattle at two. LAFC at one. Um, I did see that the MLS official standings uh, or power rankings had Philly at two and Seattle at three. Um I think if you're just like based off the eye test, Seattle's the better team. I think so too. I think if they played each other tomorrow, I'd I'd take Seattle all day. I think they'd win by two goals. Yeah. So that was just uh, my thoughts on that. I think RSL. I think they'll slide out of that, but did want to to give them the recognition uh, to be, because they have been playing some good soccer lately. Um, recap from our gambling picks last week. The uh, the new format I think worked out pretty well. Uh, we ended up going two and two. Both of us did. Um, you had a couple more plus odds hits. That so that ended you up zero point zero eight units. Love so it. congratulations yeah. on the the positive week. I was two and two, and I was down zero point four three units. Um, so about even each. Yeah, I mean, basically at zero units, I think that would you know if you're hundred dollar better, you lost forty three bucks. Yeah. For me, and for then you. if you won eight dollars, I won eight dollars. Yeah, hey, 
Hey, you'd rather win than lose. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. That's like a tank of gas. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think overall it went pretty well. We're going to have some picks for the, the midweek games. I think we're going to do two picks apiece That's plus right. a goal scorer. That's right. Um, so, we'll have that for the Wednesday-Thursday games. And then we've got MLS all weekend long. So, we've got Saturday, small card on Saturday, a lot of games on Sunday, and I think four or five on July 4th. So, uh, weekend slam full of soccer. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we'll do two each and a goal score tomorrow and Thursday, and then for the weekend we'll probably go back to four. Yeah, and a goal score maybe. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I mean, it was kind of fun. Like I think you know, it's obviously like want us both to win money, but happy to yeah. take take the <laughs> t- take the clubhouse lead. Hey, I mean, somebody, uh, somebody had to take. It. Uh, so you know, it's it's interesting too. Um, and also, I will say this is it was a little bit less stressful because when we were kind of just doing our picks together, uh, it was like one I talked to you off of that won, or one I talked to you into that lost, I'd always kind of feel like a shithead. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like we're, you know, in charge of our own destiny, so to speak. But I know, like, I still took some of yours, and you still took some of mine. So I think it's just I mean, it's a cool format, too. Yeah, I think it just, like, adds a little bit more, uh, you know, back and forth between us, like, personally. Um, but it's also, like, I had the over two and a half in that Dallas game. And then you had both teams to score no draw. And so I was like low-key, like once I hit it and I was like, they got that second one, I was like, that helps me out quite a bit. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that fucked me. So, yeah, I mean, you almost had a chance for a huge week. Um, yeah, no, for sure. That's the way it goes, man. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Look at underbetters in the Philly NYCFC game. It was 1-0 after eight minutes, and you're going, shit, I lost. There's so much time left. This yeah. is the type of game that's going to be back and forth. And then they didn't score another goal until the 89th minute. And so now you're thinking, okay, whatever, just hold on a couple more minutes of stoppage time. And then they scored the third goal at like, what, four minutes in, five minutes into stoppage time? Yeah. So you were losing, then you were winning, and then you were losing. I mean, what a roller coaster. An absolute brutal beat. Uh, Because I had that game, didn't have anything on the card, just threw a little bit of side money on it because I was going to be watching MLS that day. Um, So I had the under in that game, and I really thought it was dead. And then all of a sudden – you know, NYCFC gets a gets a penalty kick that now it's one to one with ten minutes left or so, and I was like, okay, just hold on, hold on, hold on. Then they hit a ball. Uh, Philly hits a ball, deflects off one of their guys. Goalie obviously out of position off the deflection. Goes in the back of the net. They look at it on VAR, decide he was on sides, and so I lost the bet. So that was a a brutal beat, but. Um, did want to uh, you text me earlier about a, a hypothetical that you've been thinking about this week? Uh, so I want you to propose that uh, you know to our to our listeners, and then I'll give you a little feedback, see what uh, see what we can come up with. Yeah, I mean, I think that as we're kind of doing this pod and getting into it, you know, we've tried different segments, tried to introduce some non soccer stuff because you know I think MLS is really important to us. It's important to the podcast, but also a lot of our listeners are casual fans, so we want to make sure that we're providing content that's not just strictly soccer related absolutely uh so we're gonna introduce a new segment this week one we've not done before um in place of our mfk and it's hypothetical so the one i proposed to you was if you had one wish and someone snapped their fingers and said you are going to wake up tomorrow and be not an all-star but a serviceable above average professional athlete in any major sport that you wanted to compete in 
and you, which would you choose? Yeah, so that was, uh, when you told me about that, my initial thought went to soccer just because that's what I grew up playing. Um, you know, but that's tough because you talk about middle of tier, like are we talking middle tier MLS player? Are we talking you're an elite MLS player, but a middle tier world player? Um, so that, that's a big money difference. So what I landed on was golf. So I think just the, the sheer longevity of being a trying to think of who to even compare it to like a Lee Westwood, you know, where it's like the dude's been on tour for forever. I mean, I bet his career earnings are North of 30, $40 million. Oh, absolutely. He still got more golf to play. Um, I think he just signed with a live tour. So now his career earnings are like $220 million. Right. So $220 million dirty dollars. I thought that'd be like a, you know, a fun one. It's low impact. Um, like you, if you play football, then you have to worry about like a shortened lifespan. Um, so I was like, okay, low impact, something I could play forever. And if I'm a middle tier guy, like you're always going to be on the tour, you're going to be making money and traveling around playing golf, seeing beautiful places. Like there's definitely worse lives to live. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think golf is definitely one that everyone, if you're thinking about this needs to consider, uh, for all the reasons you said. Uh, it's, and also like the places you're playing are pretty awesome. You know, you're probably living in Florida or California or, you know, somewhere warm, Arizona, Arizona, whatever. Uh, you know, it's flying private jets and, and, you know, you make a few cuts and stuff like that. Like it's, it's obviously from a real life standpoint, it's a grind. It's like, Oh my God, you know what I mean? There's a lot that goes into it and a lot of mental fatigue, I'm sure. But for this hypothetical, it's like, no, 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 you're making cuts. You're making, you know, you're surfing. Maybe you're not making $15 million a year like the big shots are. And maybe you're not winning majors. But in this hypothetical, I would assume you're winning like a tournament or two a year. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're Kevin yeah. Kisner. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah, like, yeah. You're not the long ball hitter. You can putt pretty well. You're going to win two tournaments a year and you're probably going to make $15 million. Right. Right. And uh, once you get established, you know, again, I don't want to, I don't want to claim to know or not know, but it seems like pretty easy living. Right? Doesn't seem too bad. So golf is a good one. Man, I think, and this, this because I've never played soccer in my life, but I think, and again, this is our hypothetical, being an above average player on a team in a, a top four European league, Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, whatever, I think that that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, and it's a grind and, it, you know, you got to be super fit and it's, but dude, those guys think about every, every game you're playing is like NFL level there. Every game is in front of 70, 80,000 people. You're like a fucking celebrity. Yeah. Uh, they also have and smoking hot wives. I, I mean, I would hope <laughs> that that would be perks, I guess, as part of it too. Right. Or, you know, just, uh, and, and it's almost like, F1 guys, like Formula One guys, it's nice. Just because they're foreign or, or, or they're kind of world travelers or whatever, it's just so much cooler. They know how to speak multiple languages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so I really think it's funny too because when you really think about it, and that's why I think it's a good hypothetical, is because I love the NFL. I love Major League Baseball. I love the NHL. Not a huge NBA guy, but fine. But back to the NFLs, I love it. I would never want to play it. Yeah. I, I never, I mean, the physical abuse and just the systematic recovery and everything that goes into it, 
it would be cool for a couple games. Yeah. But, um, you know, a European soccer league, play, say Premier League, you're playing for Man City. I, that would be awesome. Yeah, if, say you're like the the ninth best player on Man City. Fine. Still fucking awesome. Still fucking <laughs> awesome. You're still making a couple million bucks a year, a couple million pounds You know, a year. Uh, you know, I'm laughing right now just because whenever he started going on that rant, thinking about like which sport and that kind of thing, he's also wearing a NASCAR shirt. So I really thought that's where he was going with it. And I was like, oh shit, is he about to be a NASCAR driver? Oh shit, you know what, man? It wouldn't be that bad. I would That would be that. sick. Or even an F1 drive. I mean, okay, so look, let's not to digress, but I wouldn't want to do it because it was just like, it's so intimidating. But an F1 driver, their job is literally to travel the globe. And be a global celebrity. Yeah. It'd be awesome. That Drive to Survive on Netflix kind of got me into F1. Now, obviously, I don't watch the races because I don't watch NASCAR races. But that Daniel Ricardo or Ricardo. Ricardo. Yeah. What is he? He drives for Mercedes now. No, I think he's he's switched a couple teams. He was he on was, Red Bull for a bit. Yeah. I, I, you know, he was at like Renault and then he went to a couple different teams. Um, after Red Bull. But that dude is a international celebrity. Like, anywhere he goes, I mean, people know who he is. So, that, that would be a cool one. Uh, very dangerous. So, it's like, if I'm not going to do football, I'm sure as shit not going to be driving cars 180 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour, whatever it is. Like, count me out on that. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's still, it's cool. I mean, racing for me is like, the, it's just fun to watch. And it would be cool. To, it's like a super competitive uh, and it's it's a team sport with the crews and stuff, but you're also kind of like the man in the car. Like I, I think that that's a cool aspect of it. But all that said is is man, I, I really think European soccer player. One of the honorable mentions that I had, I was kind of a little bit off the path that I wanted to bring up was, I think that being like a, a snowboarder or like a surfer or something like that, one of those like odd skills where it's like if you love the mountains and you're a snowboarder, you're just like a middle tier guy that competed in the X games. Like, I think that'd be sick just to go ride. You know, you go into these beautiful mountains and stuff and just getting to ride snowboards. Yeah, or, turn your hobby into your job, right? Or surfing. You live in Hawaii or on the coast of California or whatever. And you just surf every day. Like doesn't seem like a bad way to live either. Yeah. I don't know. Agreed. So, well, uh, let us know on Twitter what you thought, um, you know, of the hypothetical categories that we did. Um, also, if you got your own idea of what you think you would want to be, um, you know, feel free to to send those via DM. Or if you know us, feel free to text us. Uh, you know, always tweet at us at Gambling MLS. Um, love to hear from you. What your thoughts are on that? So, Brian, want to hit a couple games? Excuse me. Sorry, <laughs> a little tiny bounce each. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I got sidetracked. Choked um, up. Games for this week, shit. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, we're still here. So Wednesday, we got what is it? One, two, three, four, seven games on Wednesday. A um, couple of them that I wanted to hit on: Toronto, Columbus. We kind of hit on Toronto a little bit earlier um, in your in your MLS standings update. Uh, but Toronto has been sneaky playing some better soccer lately, and they just signed that uh, Insigne. I don't know how to I think pronounce that's, it. I think that's how, yeah. Um, is he, he's Italian? Yeah. He's Italian. And did you see his, uh, did you see his press conference? No. So he had on like this, like, you know, nice looking sharp the whole way, a white blazer. And then he had a monogrammed his initials on like the 
like the breast of the blazer. And I was like, that takes elite level confidence to just, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you got to know you're the shit. If you show up to a press conference with your own initials on your blazer. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, like going to the bar and handing out business cards to hit on chicks. It's like, you got to know you got it. Yeah. And he does. That yeah, is yeah. a very good looking man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's easy on the eyes. Yeah. Pride month. Yeah. Hey, Hey, we're all about it. And he's easy on the eyes. And, uh, I think he's a great signing. You know, and I think that Toronto Columbus is going to be an interesting game for Toronto. Uh, they had a really good win at home last week, last weekend, I guess, against Atlanta. Uh, ever since the Cincinnati debacle where they got embarrassed at home, uh, you know, they've they've kind of, I think, really come on. And and, and I'm, I'm not a huge Michael Bradley guy. Hate him. I, I do. I hate him. I don't know why. I hate him. Um, I think probably because he was dog shit when he coached the U.S. Um, Bob Bradley is the coach. Or Bob, oh, oh, Michael's the son. Well, I hate him. <coughs> yeah, I yeah. hate the Bradley family. Yeah, sorry, out, out on sorry. the Bradley. Yeah, we're, we're out on the Bradleys. We are a negative Bradley family podcast. That's right. That's right. Endorsed. <laughs> Signed, sealed, delivered. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the Bradleys. That's right. Uh, yeah. So sorry. The son's a little bitch, and the dad. I mean, respect them, but they're just. I don't know. They just run me the wrong way. Uh, so anyway. I think Columbus is showing that they can be a little bit vulnerable on the road, and, and this could be a huge spot for Toronto, especially with that new signing, because he can't play till July 9th. But it's like, look, you get a few more points and then bring in a, a super hot, you know, really talented guy. So hot, no pun intended. Yeah, I was like, you mean his play? Or? Yeah. Well. <laughs> I was like, all right, Brian, dive into it, man. Yeah, no, I think it's a uh, an interesting spot. Just Columbus is, what, Zellerion? The, uh, the DP guy they brought in, he's been injured the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so be, be looking out for the lineups. Like, if he's back in the lineup, I think it's an obvious spot for an over. Because I think Toronto wins this game 2-1. Maybe he goes 2-2. Um, I think there's a lot of action in this. Toronto's not proven that they're great defensively. So I'll be very interested to see what kind of comes of that game. Second game I wanted to hit on was the <laughs> LAFC-Dallas game. Um, two teams that we talk about quite a bit on this podcast, just one LAFC best team in the league, Supporter Shield leaders right now, and then Dallas, who has arguably two of the best players that are in the MVP conversation right now, Paul Ariola and Jesus Ferreira. So I think that the over, when I was looking at the lines, I didn't like the line on the over. I think it was like minus 165 or minus 170. But I kind of like Dallas team total over one and a half, plus 205 right now. LAFC is great offensively, but I think the speed from the top guys for Dallas is going to be too much. I think it's it's a little bit of a potential weak spot for LAFC, even though they are so solid. Uh, you know, and, and given that they do have such a lead, I don't know the mindsets of MLS teams, but they might rest some guys or play less minutes and sub guys in and out that they wouldn't typically. Uh, just given that they've got firepower and more coming. Uh, I don't know, man. Dallas, for me, is such a coin flip almost every game they play. Because when they look good, they look so good. And then, you know, they'll go and lay an egg against Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, but like we said last week, it was a pretty weird game. Uh, man, I don't know. I uh, If you were Paul Ariola, wouldn't you have started telling people when you were a kid that it was Ariola? I didn't know what an areola was till I was like. Well, that's a tough name, though. Middle school. I'd be like, uh, I'm, it's actually Paul Ariola. 
How'd you say Paul? <laughs> name's Paul. Yeah. yeah, he plays soccer. He's like, just go by the yeah. one name guy. Like, you know Ronaldo? I'm Paul. Yeah, I'm Paul. <laughs> Paul. Yeah. <laughs> That's like when you name your dog like Steve. Right. 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 Yeah, just Steve. It's... Yeah, I think that like you, you kind of talked about Toronto. And I think Toronto and LAFC are way different spots in terms of like getting in some reinforcements. I think right now in LAFC, they're at the top of the top of the shield race. They know that they've got two, potentially three studs coming in after the transfer market closes. And so I think they're just going to kind of skate by. Um, I mean, maybe they come out and dominate, but I, I just don't see it. I think on a, a short week uh, for LAFC, because they're going to have to play again you know, on the weekend, I think it's a great spot for them to kind of get a couple guys rested. Yeah, I think Dallas, Dallas is definitely something to look at. Yeah, I was trying to look if Dallas – oh, yeah, Dallas plays on Monday. Too. So like they'll have like a little bit more of a break. So maybe Dallas, you know, maybe they don't start with all the guys that they have, but maybe they make subs at you know forty five minutes in, you know, at halftime. So th- something to look at. I think the Dallas, I think that value of plus two hundred five for two goals. I mean, yeah. I think that's just great value. Um, couple of the uh, got a bunch of games on the weekend. Um, just kind of hit on it that you know with so many teams playing midweek and even like the U.S. Open Cup going on. Uh, didn't really want to get into much on the weekend just because we need to see what happens, you know, Wednesday and Thursday before I start filling out picks or making opinions about teams. Uh, so going to hold off on the, the weekend picks. Check our Twitter at Gambling MLS. We'll have those picks out. Um, we're going to be boozing all weekend, watching some MLS, so we will definitely have some money on the games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last thing I didn't want to, or I guess second to last thing, um, hot takes. What do you think is like, and it doesn't have to be MLS related. Um, what is your hottest take that you're sitting on right now that you haven't told anybody? Whoa, that's a loaded question. Uh, so yeah, this is kind of another segment that I think we're going to look into keeping on the pod is hot takes. Uh, mine trying to keep it like sports related is, uh, I think the NFL should, Outlaw helmets. <laughs> Did not think that's where you're going from. Yeah, no, I think I think the NFL should outlaw helmets. I think that that okay, look, the style of play in the NFL is much requires helmets, and it would be some growing pains, some big time growing pains to revert back to sort of maybe like the leather helmets or like a rugby helmet type thing. But look. Guys get injured all the time in the NFL. It's a very, very tough sport. But the worst injuries, the concussions, are because a dude has a fucking five-pound weapon on his head, and he's flying across the middle, and he's like has no regard. And you know, as, as long as he has momentum, he's gonna crush the other guy. It's like if you don't have that protection on your head, he's like, oh shit, I've got a form tackle. I don't want to expose my head, you know, because. Now an elbow from a guy, currently in the NFL, if a wide receiver is coming across the middle and swipes a safety with an elbow, he's going to obliterate his arm. But if a guy's coming in head low and a wide receiver can see that and like give him a shoulder to the dome or something like that, the guy that's tackling is going to get 
wiped out. Look, I just can't. I can't believe you're just trying to outlaw helmets from the NFL. I think I think you start with youth. You teach them how to tackle. You teach them how to form tackle. Start with the youth of our nation. Let's take yeah, their helmets man, away. I'm serious. It's like, look, <laughs> when you really think about it and think about the level of caution that it's going to introduce into the game, I, be- I truly believe it eliminates some of the concussion CTE, some of the major, you know, contact injuries that you have. Yeah. I mean, I see that. I mean, I see where you're, you're going with it, but I think the, the learning curve is going to be too steep. I think it's like, you're going to see some gruesome injuries if you had guys with no helmets because they've been taught this way their whole lives. Right. But yeah, yeah. you also don't want to like, now they're adding like the cushions to the top of the helmets for like youth players and stuff. And so like, I think that's more the way they should lean is like everybody looks like a dipshit. You know, you have your Green Bay Packers have their green cushions on. Titans have their light blue cushions on. Like, I think that's more the way they would go before they would take helmets away. Yeah, you look like that guy from Spaceballs like, running, around, <laughs> running around on the field. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, no, I think it's uh, – yeah, you want a hot take, you got it. That is, I think you eliminate helmets and probably you have to start with some of like the sh- – you know, make the shoulder pads a little bit lighter. I don't want it, I don't want it to go to rugby – but I think you, I think you, instead of adding more padding, I think you minimize the padding, and then you got these guys that are like, "Look, I'm not as free will to just go run dudes over." Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting. It's definitely a hot take. I mean, you took it <laughs> very. I mean, I, my hot take was not near as spicy as that. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you went sports related because I didn't. I think that Stranger Things sucks. It's the every season is the exact same thing, and I don't understand why they keep getting renewed and renewed and renewed just to tell the same fucking story four times in a row. Brutal. I loved the first season. I thought it was a great one. I watched the second season. I was like, they just made the first season again, just with a slightly different storyline. Yeah. I mean, same issues. They're got to do with the underworld or whatever, or the upside down. Like, fuck that. A terrible show. Everybody that's all up in arms about Millie Bobby Brown and all this crap. Fuck that. I think that show is terrible. It's not very creative. Love the first season, but should have been done after two. That's funny you bring that up. So I'm laughing because I've not seen fucking two minutes of that show in my life. I've never once watched Stranger Things. I think it's all. worth a watch. I mean, for one Apparently season. Apparently just the one season. The one season. Yeah, but so I'm laughing two things. I'm laughing because of that because I've never seen an episode of it, so I don't care. I'm on your side, apparently, because I don't give a shit enough about it to even try it. But I think that, like, that's – I'm – this sounds – I tell this to people, and it sounds really kind of like pinky up, like hoity-toity, whatever, is I'm not a big series television guy. I've not seen Ozark. I've not seen Breaking Bad. I've not seen The Wire. I've not seen, you know, there's, there's some that I have and I can get into them, but I, I don't want to sit down and watch because my old thing is like, there used to be a show called House yeah. on like Fox or whatever. And after five episodes, I mean, I don't know how many seasons it went, a handful of seasons or whatever. It's like, oh, I wonder what crazy disease and like he's going to solve this week and how the guy's. Are you going to be a quirky asshole, British asshole, like, or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. Whatever. Like it's this, the same plot. Over. Yeah, over and over again. You know, and it's fine because it's entertaining and it's a time killer. Look at Law and Order. I mean, that's been on TV. I was going to say that. Whatever, right? My sisters watched the hell out of that. I'm like, all right, somebody got raped or molested. There's going to be a twist in there, and then they're going to find out who did it. Right. There's 30 minutes. Right. But you're done. You know, it's like, it is what it is. 
so that's why, yeah, I'm in agreement with you, even though I've never seen the show, because I think there's, it's funny that you can definitely tell when shows try really hard, whether it's season one, season two, or, you know, when they're figuring it out, they get that fan base. And then, well, you even saw it kind of with Game of Thrones. It's like, the, I, I, I don't want to jump on like the bandwagon and beat the shit out of the writers of Game of Thrones, but the ending to that show was not, it, the whole kind of first few seasons did not deserve how it ended. And they, I feel like they have this huge fan base and they get super lazy. And they're like, yeah, just regurgitate. It's like a, you know, whatever. They know um, that they know that people are going to watch because of the name of it. Just like all the Marvel movies, I think they really like did really well with, you know, you watch some of the old like Iron Mans and stuff. They're kind of cheesy, but then like once they started hitting, you know, Ant Man and Wasp, Doctor Strange, like they kind of got into a groove where they're making really good movies. And the last two Marvel movies that I've watched kind of sucked, and I was like, I had such high expectations going into it, just because they've been so good at telling the story and it's a new story and it's not like it's for kids and adults like not too cheesy but so i do see where you're coming at where it's like once they get that name recognition of like we're marvel we're stranger things we're game of thrones we've got this fan base we'll just throw out whatever wrap it up and then we're gonna move on to in game of thrones case the new star wars you know it's like they were just trying to get done with that so they could go make a couple mil over here making star wars yeah I will say, and this is the last thing I'll say, and then we can let the people go, is sometimes ignorance is bliss. Like, be careful how much you analyze that shit, because then you're going to start thinking about Disney movies and our childhood. It's like, how many Disney movies are basically the same movie, just with different characters? Like, innocent child has a tough go of it, an orphan or whatever, princess gets, you know, night shining armor. And so sometimes ignorance is bliss. Just turn on the TV. Kill a couple hours, shut your brain off, get the feel goods from the ending, get the feel goods when the Law and Order people saw it, when Ice T solves it, <laughs> there you go, Ice or T. you know when the princess gets her prince, and just fucking move on. You know, don't, don't analyze it too much. Uh, but I'm definitely with you in that, that a lot of writing could be a lot better uh, among shows. Um, but but there is that kind of other side of it where it's like you know what, don't care so much about it because you'd be miserable. Yeah, no, totally on board with you there. Um, all right, people at home, if you enjoyed the the hot take segment, if you think that NFL should outlaw helmets or they should just stop making Stranger Things, feel free to tweet at us at GamblingMLS. But, uh, Brian, if you don't have anything else, you got anything? No, I'm good, man. All right, well, we will see you on the next episode of The Bad Touch. <laughs>